Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Roundup. I have an interview with Khan, the creator of many MSU One audio hacks for Super Nintendo, as well as the usual news and Q&A. And don't forget, this coming Sunday, I'm going to be doing a panel at the Retro World Expo with the HD Retrovision guys. So if anybody's uh, in the area, definitely come check it out, and I will leave a link to the panel and to the actual expo in the description. So anyway, let's start with the news. The first thing I'd like to talk about is the latest MSU One audio hack. And this one's for Zelda Ancient Stone Tablets. So much like BS Zelda, which I talked about a few weeks ago, Ancient Stone Tablets was one that was used through the broadcast Satellaview system in the 90s in Japan. And a similar team of guys went through and redid the entire game and re-recorded all the vocals and made it into four separate weeks. And it is absolutely awesome. And the creator is the guy who I'm actually interviewing today. So uh, it's referred very often to as Zelda AST for Ancient Stone Tablets. So um, if you see a ton of acronyms, let me see if I can do this without stumbling. Zelda AST MSU One Audio for SD to SNES. Oh, I'm getting so much better at those. <laughs> but um, the links to how to make them are in the description. They'll also be in the Smoke Monster ROM pack probably by the time this airs. And detailed info on how you make the patches if you want to make them yourself. Um, we actually talk about that in the interview. So um, just stay tuned for after the Q&A if you want to hear all the extra details about that. A second MSU audio patch was released last week as well. This one for the game Super Turrican. There's both an NTSC and PAL version of the patch, and um, it's actually already in the Smoke Monster ROM set, and I'll have a link in the description for the author's page, as well as full details on the ROM itself. A video was uploaded of the NES Classic, showing different video modes, uh, a pixel-perfect mode, and even retro modes, and I just figured I'd pass that along and show it to anybody uh, for whoever's interested, and as soon as one's released, I'll definitely get one in and do some thorough testing, have a full page on it, screenshot comparisons, and pretty much everything you'd expect that I would usually do for one of these, but I'll leave the link in the description for people that want to see for themselves. There's a few updates on the G-SCART Switch. Currently, he's closed all pre-orders for the SCART version, uh, as it's the normal round that he's doing. So he's having the pre-orders open until he gets enough to place a full order, then turning the pre-orders off, placing the order. So now it's they're off again, and he'll reopen them soon enough so to get the next round of orders through. Also, he's discontinued the JP21 version of the Switch, because not many people showed any interest in it, and it's just a lot of work to do an entire other revision of it. So he said if we can place an order for 30, then he'll do it again, but he's just way too busy to do that himself. He's not opening another thread. He's not taking account. Basically, if somebody just pays him for 30, he'll put the order in um, and then get it to you within a few months. 
And I understand the JP21 market is a lot smaller, but you know, I always like to see as many options as possible, but at the same time, it's only one guy. So I understand that he's got a lot on this plate. So if there's anybody with a tremendous amount of enthusiasm for JP21 switches and you're willing to buy all 30, uh, contact him directly. But if not, looks like that's it for all the JP21 versions. The game Axiom Verge is now available on the Xbox One, and that was also recently released on the Wii U as well. I actually did a full Let's Play of it on YouTube where I kind of streamed the whole game from start to finish, and I absolutely loved it. It's the best game I've played in a long time, and if anybody's interested in what it looks like or the great music from it, I have the link to uh, my videos of it in the description. Um, a couple of them are really boring because I just got lost and wandered around for a while, so I wouldn't recommend watching all of them, but uh, the links are in the descriptions for where all the best cool parts are if you really want to check out the game. And if you haven't played it yet, but you own an Xbox One, maybe this is the best way to for you to get to it. So, um, love the game, and I just wanted to keep promoting it because it really deserves it. A new version of the Game Boy interface software was just released, this one with support for streaming. And to be honest, I'm not really sure what that is. I think maybe if you have a GameCube network adapter, um, you could stream video of the game over your network uh, to capture it. Um, I think. I haven't really messed with it, and I don't have a GameCube network adapter, so I wouldn't really be able to try it out anyway. But anytime there's a Game Boy interface update, I'm excited, because at the moment, it's still the best way to play all of the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance games on a big TV, uh, whether it's an RGB monitor or a flat screen. So I'm really glad Extrems is keeping it up and still adding great features to it. The SD2 SNES ROM cart just had a firmware update, and this one had a bunch of little minor bug fixes and a few other options, but if you're going to play those MSU audio games, make sure to get the latest version of the firmware just so they're uh, fully compatible. And once again, it's great to see Akari keeping up with this and always making more progress with it. It looks like the Atari Jaguar ROM cart is moving along and making good progress. Saint said that there's still no pre-order list available, but he's moving along and it should be available eventually, probably sooner rather than later. We're not talking years, but, um, you know, he put out his Atari Lynx ROM cart relatively quickly considering it's him doing all the work. So I, I guess I would expect it maybe six months. Um, but that's just my guess, though. He didn't give those numbers at all. That's just me kind of guessing based on all the other projects I've seen about this. But I really can't wait to play, you know, all two good Jaguar games. But I do really love ROM carts. You know, I always get really nervous taking out some of my old and expensive game cartridges. I'm terrified I'm going to ruin them or, you know, whatever else is going to happen. So just having everything in one place and to be able to play some of the great homebrew would be really awesome. So hopefully the project is sooner rather than later and we all get to play one. Pre-orders are now open for the Super 8 console, and that's that bare-bones NES kit sold by Low Budget that allows you to take your CPU and PPU of your Nintendo and then add a kit to it. And that supports a basic composite output if you don't want any other kit, but you don't want to do that. Um, you'd either want the NES RGB kit from Tim, or it actually supports the high-def NES now as well. So you could buy either one of those kits, stick the chips in, plug them in, and uh, I mean, as long as you could desolder the chips yourself, it's a pretty easy installation. And I think he's offering a few of them pre-made, but most of the kits are just going to be bare bones. So if you have a nest that's damaged physically, or maybe you're, you know, a completely messed up one, 
I would really jump on this now because there's a good chance that he's not going to make any more of these. And I know a few people had talked about having old Ataris and a few other consoles that the plastic was smashed up, there was water damage. Um, this is the perfect, perfect opportunity for that. Take those chips out, throw away all the you know junk plastic and garbage, and then here you go. Now you could just use it in a brand new motherboard in a, in a really nice metal case. So if you guys are sitting on one of those, definitely jump on the pre-order. Somebody recently sent me a video that Nostalgia Nerd uploaded about the difference between 50Hz and 60Hz games, PAL and NTSC, and it was pretty neat. I mean, I'd already known the differences, but he did a great job in the video actually showing side-by-side -side comparisons and really digging into it. So if you're ever curious and you just wanted to watch a neat video, I would definitely check this one out. There's a bunch of really great ones on YouTube, but this happened to be the one somebody sent me the other day, so I just figured I would pass it along. A while back, I talked about the FDS stick, which is basically a ROM cart for the Famicom disk system. And the team at 3DScapture.com actually sent me a few parts to test as well. And the first is the little RAM adapter that allows you to use it in a, um, a twin Famicom. Uh, and I actually don't have one, so I'm going to be sending this one down to my friend Justin, a.k.a. the Goodwill Hunter. But basically, I think you have to own a RAM adapter and then open it up and take the cable out and then plug it into this part and then um, plug this into the Twin Famicom. Alternatively, you could probably just take the same type of cable that's used, which is basically just kind of like a SNES um, composite video cable or RGB cable. It uh, uses the same multi-out um, just without the little uh, tab. And I'm pretty sure you could solder that directly and make your own. Um, but uh, all the instructions are on the 3DS Capture website. So maybe this is an excuse for me to do what uh, one of the viewers sent me in a, f uh, a few weeks ago, where you would take the RAM disk adapter and turn that into a ROM cart by actually soldering the FDS stick directly in. And then I could use that cable to give Justin for his uh, twin Famicom. I don't know. It seems like something I'd love to nerd out on. Uh, but this cable is pretty cool. Basically, you just um, plug one end into the FDS stick. And then you plug the other end into the back of your Famicom disk system. And obviously, plug, you know, plug it in or use batteries. But then when you plug this into your computer and load the FDS stick software, I was able to put my copy of Zelda in and then run the software to do a full backup of both sides to a ROM. And by doing that, I was actually able to copy my save game over as well. So now I'm in the middle of second quest of Zelda, which is way harder than the first quest on the FDS. I don't remember it being that hard on the US version of the game, but uh, now I could just run it right off my FDS stick and not use the old um, actual drive or the disc itself, which, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of an awesome piece of art, to be honest with you. Great cover art, and, you know, I love the discs themselves, so I don't want to keep wearing them down. I'd much rather just use the ROM, and especially because there's really no difference at all in the gameplay. So I just thought that was a cool update. Um, in my personal opinion, unless you absolutely required the SD cards of the other one, um, this FDS stick is my favorite choice of the Famicom ROM cards, just because of um, all the extra features you get along with it. And it's way cheaper, too. So hopefully that was a decent update, and if you guys want to see more, let me know. The Sega Saturn version of the game Police Knots now has an English translation. So back in 2009, a team actually translated the PlayStation version, which is regarded to be good, just not as good as the Saturn version. Saturn cutscenes have a better frame rate, and there's less censorship, although some of the stuff that was censored was a little weird, but whatever. 
Um, but that same team worked really hard and got the English patch for the Saturn version now. So it just shows, you know, the love of these games and the, the love that people have for these games because we still keep going back and putting a ton of effort into them. And it's just amazing work on their part. I hope they get a ton of credit for this. And uh, I'm really looking forward to playing it. Um, I've never actually played Police Knots. I only played Snatcher, which was very cool. And it's one of those games where it's, you know, if I had played Snatcher when I was a kid, it probably would have blown my mind. So I think I need to just kind of take a deep breath, turn off all the lights one day, and try to go through a little bit of Police Knots. And also, with the Saturn version, I believe there's a couple scenes that you could use a light gun, which is always fun for me. So if you have a Saturn and a mod chip, definitely give this a try. And now on to the Q&As. Dan Mons asked, does anyone maintain a decent list of new indie retro-inspired games that are 240p compatible? I'm considering setting up a 16x9 SCART CRT specifically for playing pixel art indie titles, but I know some of them crash when you set your desktop in output res resolution to 240p. Um, I don't know of a list, but I also don't know of any that crash off the top of my head. I've only played a few, but I know for a fact that AM2R works perfect. Um, I didn't get a chance to try many of the others, but I can't imagine why they would crash. Uh, so if anybody has any info on that, please let me know, because that's kind of interesting to, to see. I just, at worst, I thought the graphics might not line up right, but I couldn't imagine them crashing. So I don't know if it's part of your setup or if it's just something I'm not aware of, but it seemed like something worth mentioning. Next, LeChuck posted a video that I thought would be cool to share with everybody that basically describes why NTSC TV is 29.97 frames exactly, and it was kind of interesting. And he also wanted to point out that I was pronouncing it LeChuck when it was LeChuck. I never played the Monkey Island games, so I guess I missed that joke. Sorry, dude. Next, Ricard asked, aren't all ordinary non-flash carts ROM carts? ROM stands for read-only memory. So I think they are. Yeah, I think all flash carts like the EverDrives are read-only because the ROM itself isn't being changed. That is a read-only dump of a cartridge, and you're not writing to that at all. The only thing you're writing to is an SD card, not the cart itself. Uh, but maybe I got that wrong, so um, any, of, uh, any of my fellow nerds want to chime in with a better description of that would be really appreciated. And lastly, John Malia asked if I could describe the different PlayStation board revisions. He currently owns a 1001 and a 9001 model, but he wants to know which one is best. So I did actually test a stack of PlayStations, a PlayStation 1 to be exact. So, you know, the little ones, the big ones, the different revisions with and without the serial ports. Um, I traced, you know, which ones had the different encoders. And I did screen captures and actual photo captures on an RGB monitor of everything. And there were a couple of tiny, tiny differences. But it wasn't it wasn't a big difference, and the differences themselves could have been the motherboards, maybe the caps were going, maybe it could have been a million things. But it was minuscule difference. Like if you know, it, you wouldn't be able to pass the uh, the Pepsi challenge of it. Uh, it's not like a one chips NES versus the non one chips and everything. So I would kind of be confident saying that all PlayStation ones, assuming they're in good condition, will output the exact same video quality. Audio is a bit different because uh, a couple of years ago, people found out that the first revisions, which I believe were the 1001 that you own, actually have really, really high-end analog audio output. And some audiophiles were even, you know, buying them, you know, they were going for $1,000 online because you'd be able to use them with a high-end setup. I think that stuff's a little crazy, but um, supposedly it does definitely have better analog audio. 
However, some of the later models can actually be modded with uh, the SPDIF optical audio out, which if your uh, stereo system supports that, it might be better overall just to get the pure digital output of it. But that's pretty much the only differences that I, you know, I would be able to say are really functionality and audio. So it's the analog and digital. And then, of course, if you're using the PSIO ROM cart, which I'm still waiting for mine to come in, but um, you would want the whatever one has the parallel port to it. And some of the older ones actually have composite video and left and right audio RCA jacks, which could be a help. You know, maybe you have a light gun and you don't have an RGB cable with a little pigtail out. It's always something to consider. And then, of course, the PS1, P-S-O-N-E, are the much smaller ones. And my cousin Scott always uses that one simply because he has a lot less space to work with, so he just wants the smallest version of everything. So that's the quick rundown of PlayStation 1 models. Um, the My Life in Gaming guys did a really great video on the different ways to play it. Um, and, you know, the different options between them. So I'll link to that in the description as well. But if I missed anything, definitely let me know. Okay, next up I have an interview with Conrad, who's known online as Con, uh, and he's a guy that does a ton of the really awesome MSU1 audio hacks for Super Nintendo, and uh, I'm really glad I got him on. He was a lot of fun to talk to, and uh, I always like, you know, meeting different people, and especially people who I'm big fans of. I've played pretty much every one of his hacks, and I'm really looking forward to the next fun little game he has coming out as well. So I hope you guys in, uh, enjoy the interview as much as I do. And anybody that's in the area, I'm looking forward to seeing you at the Retro World Expo next Sunday. And I'll be hanging out with the HD Retrovision guys and Cousin Scott. So if you see any one of us, just flag us down and say hello. Hey guys, I'm here with Khan, the creator of many MSU audio hacks. Uh, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm just fine. Thank you. And you? Thanks and thanks uh, thanks for doing this. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time because I've been uh, I've been playing a lot of your MSU hacks and I really enjoy all of them. So, okay, really, thank you. Yep, and uh, the one that uh, I'm very very excited about is the Ancient Stone Tablets, the Zelda one that you just finished with uh, a team of people. Because uh, Link to the Past is my favorite, uh, one of my favorite games, that and Super Metroid, and it's definitely my favorite Zelda game. So I was really really excited to get into it. And I had played it a few years ago um, where without the MSU hack um, on my Wii through the a hacked Wii in the virtual console. Somebody injected the wads. And it was good, but I didn't, um, I didn't really understand what it was all about. And now, now that I do, and now that I understand the, the broadcasts uh, and you know, all the painstaking work you guys did to restore all that, I'm so excited to play the new version. So. Yeah, we, uh, um, we did quite a lot of work in AST. It um, started with um, Euclid, who did the indoor hack. And um, yeah, it was kind of a progress. We um, um, That was a completely broadcasted, submitted game. And um, you don't understand the time timed events when you play it. So um, we started with sublines. So then you could hear it, but the MSU one, um, which let you um, hear exactly that, what the Japanese original was, um, gives you quite an experience now. Yeah, when I just played uh, the BS Zelda, the, the one that was just released a few months ago, I mean, it was just, like, it, it was remarkable. It was like I was experience, experiencing something completely different for the first time. And I never I never knew that that's what the, the Japanese audience got to experience back in the 90s with that. So it was pretty incredible. Yeah, it is. Um, 
Luckily, somebody in Japan um, did some recordings that they said years ago when it was originally broadcasted. So, um, you know, the beer setup homepage is now about 16 years old, I think. And we got those videos from the original broadcast and we could recreate it quite originally. And we had that um, videos and that was quite a work. We had, the, um, we had Japanese people who translated it. Um, we, with the translation, we made, we made the sublines and eventually we came to the um, voice actings and it was quite a work to get all the actors together. It was all in all, I think, about seven. And the complete MSU Born progress took about, I think, seven years. Uh, sorry, um, two years, mm -hmm. I think. So um, how did you get started in doing the MSU hacks? Do you do other other ROM hacks? Um, it was just, just a hobby of yours? Are you a programmer? I'm always interested in how people get started with these. Okay, um, well, I was a complete numb when I started with the BSL, the homepage. I was a fanatic of A Link to the Past, just like you. Mm -hmm. I found those BSL ROM dumps um, in the net and I thought, oh wow, it's like NES Zelda, 8-bit, but in 16-bit. Mm -hmm. So I started to look for hackers. We found Roto, um, he did quite a work. We only had big three and he um, 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 got big one to four working, so you could play the complete game. Then I started, then he vanished, just like that. And I found another ROM hacker called Dreamanong. And he completed the task by Roto, and then he vanished too. So, but the progress, the um, process wasn't um, finished yet. So I thought, okay, what others can do, I can try myself. So I started to become a ROM hacker. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of stuff for BSL and AST, like adding some music and such stuff. And, um, yeah, so MSU One, I came to it with a link to the past. I have a hack for this as, as well as Super Mario World, F Zero. There are also others, quite a few, but still. Yeah, I Megan played almost every one of your hacks actually. I uh, I really enjoyed the uh, the Zelda orchestral soundtrack, and uh, I even loved the F Zero one because I I play guitar in a band, so I like the the hard rock versions of things. Those are always really cool for me. Okay, maybe you can make some tracks for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and then, um, yeah, it was quite difficult to get the AST MSU because um, you need spoken text. It's not just music. You must find professional voice actors with, mm -hmm. with good equipment. We had Aeroprox as um, old man. And he even bought a new microphone and made fantastic records. Also, very, very lucky boss um, that we found Kira Buckland. Mm -hmm. She's a famous actress, professional actress, and um, she makes anime um, dubs. And I just asked her because she made another um, Zelda synchronization, and I just asked her, hey, can you do it? 
um, but we are profit free, so I couldn't pay her anything and so on. But she said, yes, I still can do it. And her voice is fantastic. So we were very lucky with it. Very cool. So um, now I just I didn't want to play it yet because I'm actually going to sit down. Um, Retro Dan is going to do a live stream with me on one of the days. I'm going to try to do one with the you know each day as a live stream. So I only kind of got it set up, but I, I wanted to experience it you know with a fresh mind. But the one thing I noticed is um, there's still text on the screen with the voiceover text. Is that correct? Um, actually not. Or are, are you mean the text boxes, not the sublines? Correct. Ah, yeah, that's normal, because um, you need the text boxes, and sometimes they are overlapping, that the old man is um, saying exactly the same things, um, what you read on the screen, but, um, so, yeah, you have sublines, but they are disabled. If you play without the MSU one patch, you have such, um, at the lower part of the screen, you have some, uh, the spoken text, actually, but, the text boxes are normal. Um, that was also so in the original version. Gotcha. So um, I'll post a link to the BSL page uh, so anybody that wants to put these together themselves can. And also Smoke Monster is going to host all these on his as, as he always does. But for people that want to piece them together, so you have one with an orchestral soundtrack and one with the original soundtrack. Is that correct? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, you know, the, the original broadcast, or to say, there's a um, componist, a Japanese, um, called Kochi Kondo, mm -hmm. yes. and he recreated the, uh, some of the music, but not all. So um, there are still in the original broadcast um, the remastered tracks from Kochi Kondo and um, some original SPC stuff. And then in the internet, are floating around orchestrated versions of every theme. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I thought, okay, when we have the, um, the possibility to add orchestrated themes all over the complete MSU one, isn't that better than those shitty SPC tracks? <laughs> and then I made an orchestrated version only. But yeah, you know the shitstorm coming up. Um, yeah, I want to play the original, only the original, and right. then <laughs> especially Smash Mania complained. And then yeah, I said to him, okay, we can do two versions: uh, one completely orchestrated, and one um, uh, like the original with um, yeah with the SPC. Mixed with Kochi Kondo. So the once you patch the file, you could use that same file in either version because all of the the file names are the same, correct? Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, I want to do um uh, the first week I want to do on the original, and the second week on the orchestral, and then I'll decide how I want to finish it. But I usually love the orchestral ones; those are usually my favorites to listen to. Yeah, it's the um, the same themes as we use for the uh, link to the past. Um, MSU themes. So the one thing I, I wasn't quite sure about on the BS Zelda page was that you had something called the Master Quest. Was that um, on the AST uh, Ancient Stone Tablets page? Was that something that you guys did? Was that a second broadcast that Nintendo did? Uh, yeah, that has an um, history because um, you know um, the videos showing the original indoors were found. Um, maybe four or five years ago, mm -hmm. but we had the indoor patch 
um, before, so that we could recreate the indoors or edit them. Uh, you could make an editor for them. So um, we used our fantasy. How could this room look like? And then um, indoors um, emerged that did not match the original game, but were much harder. So since um, eventually we got the videos and the original videos, and then we could recreate the room's original. And of course, we wanted to use the original ones, but the, um, the harder indoors were present. And Duke Circle, my co-web master, mm -hmm. um, he said, okay, they are harder, let's do a master quest. So they don't get lost. So that's a history of this. Gotcha. So for people that are trying to play it for the first time, probably just do the original one. And then if you ever want to replay it, then replay the master quest. Exactly. So you just need to patch the, the ROM with the master quest ROM and then uh, rename that to match the other file. Is that correct? Um, I didn't get you. So, to play the master quest version with the MSU audio, you uh, need to rename that file, correct? Uh, I'm not sure if it works because um, I only coded the, um, the MSU one for the official versions. And I must admit, admit I didn't check if it worked with master quest. I don't think they do, but <laughs> I'll check that, uh, yeah, I'll check that today because I wanted to make sure I did, uh, you know, I patched everything and I've been t uh, tested just the first part of every week. And then I'm going to send him to Smoke Monster to put online so he can distribute them. But I just, uh, I wanted to make sure I got everything perfect before I sent him up. So I'll test the master quest as well. But for the most part, that's just kind of like a fun thing to do probably afterwards to stick to the original for now the people that want to just do the original broadcast yeah yeah, yeah. gotcha so um now I, I hate to concentrate on the functionality but a lot of this stuff is a little confusing so i want to make sure people know what to do before they play it so basically you would download um you know either from your uh, the bsl the site and patch it or just download the pre-patched rom from smoke monster and then when you play week one you have to do the button combination to save. So uh, it's at left, right, select, and X, I believe, brings you back to the SD to SNES menu. And I... then, um, then when you turn it off, you rename the save file to match the second week's uh, ROM file, correct? Yeah, there are many differences, unfortunately. Um, I do not own an SD to SNES, so um, I hope you can make your way through. But um, it's very difficult because Hygen uh, uses another um, system than BS, BSNES. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a tutorial how to set it up on each system and how to um, save. Saving is a problem in SD to SNS. You have to try with um, the button combination. Right. But um, migrating the SRAM is differently. So in BSNS, you just have to copy, paste it, and rename it to RST2 or whatever. Mm -hmm. In Hygen, you have to find the import folder, and there you have to re um, replace the um, save.ram is the name, I think. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember it was a little more complicated, but I'm pretty sure for SD to SNES, all you do is copy and rename, and that confused me for BS Zelda because I thought you had to do that for BS as well, but you don't. It'll just automatically go through. So. Yeah. Um, 
the code is different between both um, BSLDA and AST. In BSLDA, all leaks were combined in one ROM, mm -hmm. but in AST, it's not um, possible. You have four different ROMs and they cannot be merged. But luckily, you can um, keep your progress by renaming the SRAM. Gotcha. So that's a bit unfortunate, but nothing we can do. So for um, for BS Zelda, in order to play through and have your week saved, you had to finish the entire hour, which I think most people would do anyway, because then you could run around and get more rupees and kind of find some more things. But is it the same thing in Ancient Stone Tablets? Do you have to finish in or the full hour in order for it to save? Or can you just hit save and quit? Um, I ha there are several saving um, uh, possi um, po possibilities. Um, I made a minute save in the um, official one, but that's not possible in the MSE one version. But still, if you find an item, if you open a chest, it's automatically saved. So um, it should work. I didn't test it, but um, from the code, it should work that you Whenever you open a, um, a chest, your progress is saved, and then you already can transfer to week two or three or whatever. That's so that's... that should work. Okay, cool. I'll be testing that soon, so um, I'm pretty excited for that. Now, um, so there's a... Is it like BS Zelda where you have to find the certain dungeons by the end, or is it... Um, is It still has that time limit, correct? It has, yes. You can play about 50 minutes mm -hmm. and then it's over. And um, you also have the possibility to fail. So if you don't get um, Ganon killed in time, you lost um, the game. Gotcha. <laughs> so we also made a fan-made um, uh, bad ending. So the Red Romancer, and he has a very remarkable voice, mm -hmm. he spoke both a narrator and then he spoke Ganon, and every time I hear him, because Ganon is, I um, I uh, um, got Hyrule's power or whatever in his voice, and I get the creepy feeling, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> Smash Maniac who test played, he said, um, yeah, do you really want to make the, the players commit suicide if they fail, because it's like... <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good compliment, though. It means uh, it means they did a great job. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, the the time limit. Um, it took a while to get used to because I've been playing this game, you know, Zelda for so long. And once I did uh, the second quest, so BS Zelda second quest, I was ready for it. So on week one, you know, I beat everything as quickly as I could, and then I ran around, got as many rupees, and found as many secrets. And then week two was, you know, I don't want to say it was easy, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as crazy. But week three and four started to get really stressful towards the end because I know I need to make it all the way back to the other side of the map and kill Ganon. And there was one I couldn't find the silver arrow. So I don't, no spoilers for anybody that hasn't played BS Zelda, but there was just, it was the simplest thing. And I just assumed it was harder than that. So I just was running around and I have to go back and play it again in order to beat it. So it was great. It put, you know, it put the right amount of pressure on the player. So, you know, it's that excitement that you don't feel very often anymore, especially with a lot of newer games with, you know, Infinite Continues. You could just start right back where you left off. Whereas this one, you know, you want to beat it. So it's uh, it was exciting. I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. So um, 
I have a long list of the uh, the MSU hacks that you've done in the past, um, and you've uh, I mean I really loved them all, and you've covered all the most important ones, of course. You know, you got the the Zelda ones down. I saw your Mario World. Was there any other ones that you were working on as well around the horizon? No, no, no. Um, after this AST, currently I'm working on a new Zelda hack with Euclid and Seth. Um, it's called Conquer's Hyrule Tale. And it has to do with drugs and naughtiness and so on. So it's really a fun game. It will be released in two weeks, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's like Parallel um, Worlds. You know that game from Euclid? I've tried to play Parallel Worlds, but it was a little too hard. It just, there were a few places I was stuck at. So uh, Conquer's Hyrule Tale is much easier and much more funny. And uh, it also supports the MSU Bond. But after that, um, you know, I hack ROMs for uh, 14 years almost, I think, and it's time to retire. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the feeling. Sometimes you just, uh, you know, you've done so much and it's just enough is enough. But you certainly exactly. have left your mark on the community because there is a ton of great ROM hacks that you've done. So Hopefully, yes. that's exciting. You'll have to, I'll make sure to put the link in the description on um, where to look for the new uh, Zelda hack in a few weeks. And is that oh, yeah, um, yeah. Is that going to be an MSU and a regular version as well? Yeah, yeah, it's both. So you can play without MSU one or with MSU one. It depends whether you have an MSU file and an XML or BML in your directory, and mm-hmm. you can play it both with the same ROM. So it's no problem. Yep, an SD to SNES versus a Super EverDrive. So that's the other thing. Ah, okay. I'm surprised you don't have one yet. Uh, Akari lives in Germany. I should have him just send you one. <laughs> yeah, I should buy one actually. <laughs> so. Do you um do you game on uh, a computer with an emulator mostly, or do you use your original Super Nintendo? Uh, only emulator, because um, it's much easier for me. You know, I don't play games anymore because I. Um, Look behind the curtain, and I took the red pill, so I know what exactly happens when you do this or that. And when I play a ROM, okay, now I lose a heart, so and the code changes this and that. So um, I lost fun playing games, I must admit. And if you play on emulators, you can much more manipulate um, the game, so you can cheat, you can make save states, and so on. So um, when you play on your Super Nintendo, you just can't, you don't have the possibilities that you have on an emulator. Gotcha. So. You know, it's funny you say that, uh, you know, once you look behind the curtain, I um, I love old video games, I love doing the website, but I spend so much time working on the website that I rarely play games anymore. I think uh, Axiom Verge was the first time I sat down and played through a game, uh, that and the VS Zeldas really, you know, in a long time. So now I'm really looking forward to this, uh, you know, playing all four weeks of it, because now I can sit down. I'm going to do it um, all in original hardware, on uh, an RGB monitor. So I'm, uh, I'm excited for this. But I understand what you mean. Sometimes you get so behind the scenes that, you know, you don't, uh, you know, you don't get to enjoy it as much. The one yeah. thing, though, everybody said once I started playing in a band and playing a lot of shows, they said I wouldn't enjoy going to shows anymore. They said once you see behind the scenes, it's not as fun. And that's the one thing. I still love going to see live music. It's my uh, That's one of my favorite things to do. So I haven't gotten bored of that yet, luckily. Okay. But, uh, actually, one of my favorite bands is Rammstein. Have you ever uh, seen them? 
Yeah, yeah, of course. They light everything on fire. It is the most impressive thing to see them live. They're just, a whole stage is a ball of fire. I love their music, but their live shows are just, you can't beat them. They're some of the best in the world. Okay. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this. And, you know, I've been uh, wanting to talk to you for a while. And I'm sure everybody that plays these games appreciate it, too, because, you know, it's a... Uh, it's it's very cool just to see how these things all come together and how they um you know how they finally come to light. So I really appreciate it, and I'll be uh, hopefully live streaming at, at least all four or at least one of the weeks, but probably all four weeks for people. Oh yeah, please do it. A nice walkthrough and yes. Cool. So thank you very much for everything. I really appreciate it, and uh, definitely as soon as your other Zelda hack comes out, I'll make sure to let everybody know. Okay, I give you a note for it. Great. Take care and thank you. Yeah, thank you too. Bye.